Welcome, friends. You are listening to Blue Collar Money, Theories of Middle Class Investing with your hosts, P.W. Gopal and Mike Hatch. Hey, folks, welcome back to Blue Collar Money, Theories of Middle Class Investing. I'm your host, P.W. Gopal, and normally with me is my good friend, Mike Hatch. Um, unfortunately, Mike has had COVID um, several weeks ago. He has fortunately um, purchased a new home, has been in the middle of moving, has just had a ton on his plate. and. Uh, so I'm doing this podcast by myself, and I'm doing it a little bit. Um, I asked Mike if I could do it by myself because I wanted to uh, do a special episode, something that is kind of dear to me, and kind of tell the, the stories of some of the folks that have invested in me, Mike being uh, one of the main people. So it just felt a little weird to talk about him um, while I'm looking at him on the screen. Uh, me being in Asheville, North Carolina, and him being in Pittsburgh, it still felt a little weird. Um, but uh, I'm I'm a storyteller by trade. I was a songwriter for 17 years, and one of my favorite things um, that I've done in my life, and that I uh, hope to go back to uh, post COVID, is uh, is telling great stories about great people. And so for today's episode, um, I don't necessarily know that I have a great um, title for this, but um, you know, I guess in my in my language, I would say uh, what I'd like to describe to you are the heroes of my entrepreneurial journey. Um, I've got five stories that I want to share with you um, over the next you know forty five minutes or so. I'm not going to do much editing. It's it's almost midnight. Um, we're one month past um, our baby Stella Grace coming to this world. Um, so I'm very, very tired. Um, we've also, uh, right after my daughter was born, my other daughter had to go to the hospital in Charlotte. And so we're we're still dealing with a bunch of stuff. And, uh, and we're all doing great. Uh, the whole family is doing great. Uh, God has been really faithful. Um, and, and giving us strength through all this. Um, but needless to say, I'm tired. So uh, I apologize, but I'm not going to edit this at all. I'm just going to tell the stories and uh, and hope in your, maybe your drive to work or, um, you know, as as my, I know my friend Bobby is, listens while he's mowing the lawn. I don't think anyone's mowing their lawn at this time of the year, but uh, but my hope is that you'll, you'll be encouraged by this. Um, you know, I've really been struck by the fact that people are, are feeling more alone and more stuck. You know, as good as the economy seems to be, um, I think COVID has taken a toll. I think the division in the country has taken a toll on people, um, especially in our life. I mean, we've just found that, you know, finding out that your friends don't share your values is, is pretty rough on the soul. And so, so our hope is that, man, you'd find some encouragement in, in this time. Um, and first, of all, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, on behalf of Mike and myself, y'all have been um, 
we're just so encouraged that you're spending time with us, that um, that you're reaching out to us, that you're asking questions, that that um, you're giving us input, which is just amazing. Um, you're giving us feedback, criticism, um, all those things is is important to us because um, we're just not interested in arriving. We we really want to refine this journey, and that that journey, you know, you're a part of it. Um, you know, we're, we're really trying to be practitioners and, and learn out loud. And, and so we're hoping that this is valuable to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the five-star reviews. If you're getting anything out of this podcast, it's super helpful to us because it does kind of bump us up in the, in the pecking order and, you know, the algorithms for other people to get to uh, maybe hear this and glean, um, you know, some, some encouragement from this, but I want to start you in uh in Columbus, Ohio. Um, this is roughly, gosh, I don't know. This got to be right around 2008. Um, so this is a considerable amount of time ago. My friends, um, Jason and Stephanie Brewer, are just some beautiful people. Jason has invested in me significantly through the years. Uh, he's an award-winning graphic designer. I think I, I had paid him to design my first album um and and then i he never took money for any album after that i think he designed i've done eight albums i think he designed seven of them um maybe six but he is brilliant and his wife is um just the same so sharp um so insightful so they pulled me aside one day and I just thought I was going to have lunch with some good friends. And we ended up at this Chipotle in, uh, in Dublin, Ohio. And, um, they sat me down and Stephanie pulls out a magazine and it says success magazine. Now this is a kind of a power couple They're They're both very driven, very type a, um, both in completely different fields, but are doing really well in their own fields, you know, at this point. And, so she pulls out success magazine and lays it on the table. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this is just more, more of that same rhetoric about moving forward and moving up and blah, 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 blah. Um, and they get right down to business and they, and I can't remember who said it, but it doesn't really matter. They, they said, you know, we're, you were the hardest working person we know. Um, but we just, we really want you to work smarter and not harder. And, and I thought, well, that, that sounds a little bit like an insult. Um, and I, they didn't mean it to be so, but it was, it was, it was hard truth, but they're right. I mean, I grind when I don't know how to get through an obstacle. I just grind until I maybe figure out a way around it or over it or through it. Um, and I thought, man, I just don't want to listen to this self-help garbage. And, but, um, the editor at the time of that magazine is a, he's a, he, he's doing something else. Now he's a bit of an interesting person. He annoyed the crap out of me. Um, but they were that, that magazine slash, you know, audio inside of each magazine was, was a, um, an audio CD of the editor interviewing four um, entrepreneurs four um, owners of businesses. I mean, these are like fortune 500 type level folks talking about, um, how they have progressed, how they've grown. And 
I didn't, I didn't like reading. I don't like to still to this day, have a hard time reading most things. Um, but I was in my car for sometimes six, eight, 10 hours a day between gigs. And I listened to these essentially teachers, um, talk about their successes and mainly their failures. Um, and man, it, it was a game changer for me. And so when I look back at the point in time where I knew, um, things had to change, I, I go back to that Chipotle. I go back to Jason and Stephanie. I, I go back to their words, their kindness, um, their wisdom and, um, and just their partnership. I, I remember, you know, at times we would swap books. They would send me books. Um, uh, we would talk about authors that we like and things that we were reading and, um, and again, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know where they are right now in, in kind of that, um, I think we've all kind of slowed down. I think, you know, the last decade alone has, um, maybe slowed the pace of our, our learning, but definitely has not slowed the pace of our execution. Um, but there, there's definitely a season, um, for that kind of learning. And I'm glad they got me started on it. I'm glad that they were able to speak hard truth. So if I have a number one to this podcast, number one to this lesson, it's, you gotta have people in your life who are willing to speak hard truth. It will help get you unstuck. Um, you know, my wife is a counselor and I'm a coach and there's a, there's a, sometimes a great chasm between those two, uh, personalities and methodologies because, uh, I want to push people until they, um, get unstuck. My wife wants them to find their way through it. Um, one is, is gentle and long-term and one is hard and fast and quick. And they, they both work to some degree. Um, but both require truth. And so if you can find these people that have a little bit of counselor, a little bit of coach in them and, uh, and a whole lot of loyalty in them, um, that's one of the top people to have in your life. Um, the road out of an entrepreneur, the road of somebody who, um, wants to try new things and do better for their family and bring value to their community to have a redemptive influence, the role of that person is lonely. And, um, you know, in, in the, when you're climbing a hill, it, again, we've said this on so many different podcasts, when you're climbing that hill, it's not going to look pretty, um, you know, to the outside world. And so I think having those people, having those people that can help get you off the plateau or even just get started is important. Um, yeah, so number two on my list is my baby brother. And my baby brother is, I'm not related to him, but I kind of adopted him. He came to a show I was doing um, when he was, I think, a, just finished his senior year in high school. He had a massive uh, football injury, blew out both knees. And this is a kid who could have gone pretty far um, in, in college football. And uh, his cousin brought him to a concert of mine. And uh, that's when I first met him. And uh, we just kind of kept in touch and he, he really loved music and, um, you know, he's a country boy, um, grew up in New Carlisle, Ohio, which from Ohio, you've probably never even heard of it, but it's out in sticks. Um, but it's beautiful people, beautiful country. It's the best way I can explain it. And Jason is, is that has always been that to me. Um, he, we always classify rednecks as rednecks and there's a level up called briars. And the way we describe a briar is somebody that you can put um, buck naked in the woods 
uh, with, with nothing, no tools, no nothing. And they can come out fully clothed, having built a house. Um, and that's Jason. Jason is, um, he's a briar. I mean, he, he can do anything that he puts his mind to. And, um, my goodness, after, after spending time, uh, with him on his farm and just playing and even just like crashing there during some of the darkest moments of my life, just going to his farm and hanging out with him. Um, I can say that his loyalty is beyond measure. And to me, he's the guy who always says we. So number two on our list is you've got to find somebody who always says we. Um, in my journey as a failed um, entrepreneur and real estate buyer, I bought a house because um, I thought I was going to marry uh, this girl. And I bought a house in Kentucky, um, not to live in, but to uh, just as an investment, you know. So it was in Georgetown, Kentucky. It was, um, I don't know, it, it was literally blocks from a, a, a small college there. And I thought, man, what a good investment. I bought it having two tenants um, in the duplex. And so, you know, I bought it making money. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay very much for the property. And, um, you know, but, but quickly found out after having, having done very little homework, um, that, uh, you know, the owners were getting out for a reason. We had multiple things go wrong uh, physically with the property. And, you know, it's about, it's probably about almost three hours, maybe, maybe a little bit more from new Carlisle, Ohio and where Jason was living. And I was on the road playing music. And so it was near impossible for me to, to figure out a way to get to, um, Kentucky with my tools to have to schedule help. I don't know any contractors and, and Jason, I, I still remember this. He had a big tr a truck that his, he would borrow from his dad called big red. It finally died this past year, but big red went for a long time and this old Ford truck and Jason would on his own dime would pay for the gas. He would drive down with all his tools and we would work on this complete piece of shit house. Um, and, uh, my tenants stopped paying me rent. Um, because that's just what rent runners do. Um, you know, I had to go to court to, to try and evict some, you know, folks. I mean, I just can't tell you how many times I had to go back to Kentucky, even after I'd broken up um, with this young lady and just didn't want to have anything to do with Kentucky. But I was tied to this stupid place um, because of this house. And Jason always said, hey, man, we got this. I got your back. And, uh, and he did. And to this day, um, he, he married a beautiful lady named Andrea. They have, um, just had their first daughter. He is still the guy that I know that if, if everything went to pot, I could call Jason and Jason would be at my doorstep, um, in a day, he'd be here in hours. He's just that guy. Um, you know, not, you know, he's not the guy who would, um, he just says, yes. He, you know, he just says yes. And that is that sense of loyalty, um, that sense of like, I'm going to get in this with you um, is paramount to somebody trying to grow uh, as an investor, as an entrepreneur. Um, so if you if you ever want to meet um, Jason Bonham, I, I invite you to uh, to come to Asheville and I'll have him come down and, 
and we'll sit around the campfire and tell you some stories because uh, I just love him. Love this kid. Um, number three on my list is um, the guy that says, I'm staying till we're done, which if you've ever gotten into home remodeling or rentals or, um, or just, gosh, even automotive work, just any kind of hands-on dirty job, the guy that shows up and says, hey, I'm staying till we're done, man. Um, you know, Mike actually is moving or has moved into his new house. Um, I think this past weekend. And, and if you, you know, if you've ever moved, you know that you're going to have a lot of people come for a short window of, of time, maybe two, three hours to do the heavy lifting. But then there's just that one, maybe one person or two people that are willing to stay until the very end. And my buddy, John, John and I uh, have become really, really close friends. He's one street away. His, his boys are my daughter's older brothers. They are just the sweetest kids. His, his wife um, just serves my wife. They are, they're a family that we absolutely adore. They are, they are our family here in North Carolina. Um, and they just take care of us. But John is the guy. Uh, again, loyalty just keep coming back. But John is the guy who says, uh, we're staying till the end, man. I'm staying till it's done. Uh, we've had some long days on this property, um, either on the house below us or the one that we're living in, or even the shop. Everything has had to have work. And uh, we found mold in both these rentals. Um, and the one that we're living in right now, we had to gut. And we actually had to like add on to it. So there's just once we figured out that, you know, we had to stay in this home and we weren't going to be able to buy another house um, because of timing and expenses, you know, we realized if we're going to live here, we don't want it to look like a rental or feel like a rental it needs to feel like home. And, you know, because of that, um, it just took a lot of work, a lot of upgrades. And the hardest part was living here in the dust. Um, and John's been the guy uh, who shows up with all of his tools, he just says, tell me what to bring. And, you know, and when I'm standing there staring, which happens a lot, you know, if you've been in projects like this, it's analysis paralysis. There's so many things running through your head. There's so many math equations. There's so many logistical equations. There's so many things going on in your head. Sometimes you just freeze. And John is the guy who's like, all right, what's the next thing that we need to do? You know, and once you pass the four o'clock mark, you know, a few hours past lunch and in your mind, you're thinking, what, what can we get done? And what am I going to get stuck with when everybody leaves? John is the guy who says, I'm staying till the end. And I can't tell you mentally what that does to have somebody who, uh, who is that loyal, who is that hardworking and, uh, and who stays till, till things are completed or need to be completed. Um, I can't tell you what that does uh, to me um, uh, to bolster me and to kind of give me energy to kind of run through the tape. Uh, we've had some really hard days here at the house um, and John has been here for most of them. And so number three on my list is you've got to find somebody who says I'm staying till we're done. Um, that's huge. That's just huge for me. Um, the next one is a guy that you've been familiar with. We've done 38 episodes. Mike Hatch was actually a former client of mine. Um, I started a consulting business years ago after I 
you know, had made some serious mistakes with finances, um, serious mistakes with, um, with my investments and my time and just the lack of research. And after I'd, you know, been encouraged to read, I, I really did. I started reading, I started learning and, um, and I wanted other people to kind of get out of the same holes. And Mike and I kind of struck up a, a friendship after he hired me for, to lead worship at a retreat. Um, we started talking about money as we went and had lunch um, with our friend David. And um, we started talking about money and I was kind of sharing with him what I learned. And, and he said, hey man, can we, can we start meeting? And we, I think we met for maybe a little over a year. And that uh, Mike is a learner. Mike is a voracious reader. And, and, uh, and after we kind of ended our time together, he just kept learning and learning and learning. And um, I'm just really thankful for, for him because he reached back out after, after a while and said, hey, I'm trying to build some, a class for, uh, for some guys at church. And I want you to kind of you know, look through these things. And in that conversation, you know, I had said, you know, I've been working on curriculum, like just stuff that I want to get out and I just feel stuck. And, uh, and Mike said, Hey, why don't, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just record this stuff? You know, we'll just do it in conversation. You just, you and me, you know, he knows just what the anxiety I deal with and the analysis paralysis, um, that I just needed a little bit of a nudge. And so we started, I mean, I think maybe within a few days or a week, we had recorded our first session, um, whatever that session was going to be. And, uh, and 38 sessions later, it became the blue collar money, uh, podcast, and we're getting to get some of this information out. And, um, yeah. So when I talk about my catch, um, this is a guy that, that has become, at least in my life, the great listener. Um, you know, when you talk to somebody who, uh, we we've all been around people who make you feel like you're the only person in the room. And uh, Mike and I are very rarely in the same room. We live in different cities. But um, when he asked me how I'm doing, um, he listens. You know, he feeds back. He reframes uh, you know, the things that he's hearing from me. And he's, he's an incredible encourager. Um, and those are kind of the top things in, in our relationship that I just I value in him. Uh, he is an incredible listener. And he is a great encourager. I mean, he takes the things that I share. And he reframes them um, to encourage me, you know, to, to, to push me forward, um, not, not to beat me up. You know, one of the things that, that I've heard over the years and now I really believe is that um, we need cheerleaders. And there's not a sign of weakness to, to, to need people. Uh, it's not a sign of weakness to need people that are vocal. Um, and it's definitely not a sign of weakness to need, you know, to have a need for vocal people. Um, who are positive and encouraging. And, and that is what um, Mike Hatch has been to me is this guy's kind of come alongside of me and said, Hey, you know, you've got great insight and great information and great research. Let me help you get it out there. Um, and he, you know, not only doing that has found uh, in his own research uh, ways to really, to change my mind. I mean, I'm a guy who likes to dig in. Um, and he really has changed my thoughts and aligned a lot of what I, you know, believe now and value, um, you know, with this idea of, of, of biblical stewardship, you know, and, and we talk about redemptive influence, I think on every podcast and, um, and he's, he's had a massive influence, 
uh, on me just over you know the eight or nine months, ten months that we've been doing this. Um, Mike, if you're if you're gonna have somebody in your life to partner with, um, they have to be a learner, and Mike is a learner. Um, in in this curriculum that I use for my clients, um, we talk about three things. We talk about uh, character, mechanics, and partnerships. And character is, you know, it doesn't mean good or bad character. It means, you know, the characteristics uh, of the people that grow and move and have, you know, success, however you would measure success. Uh, the mechanics are, are literally, you know, four subjects, finance, influence, leadership, and asset management. What are the, you know, how, what are the mechanical pieces, the moving parts of those four things, um, uh, which are four connected avenues, you know, of growth, um, and then partnerships. And I don't write very much about partnerships because I haven't really experienced any. I've had incredible coaches. I've had incredible friends. But this is the first time in in uh, in 20 years of entrepreneurial work and investing in side hustles. This is the first time where I've actually had a partner and somebody that I trust. Um, and uh, it's been an incredible year you know, to have somebody like that who um, runs as fast as me, runs faster than me, that challenges me. Um, and is really willing to, uh, to learn. It's like, a, here's what I figured out. One of the things that drives me crazy about being on a team is for a leader to say, here's the vision, here's what I need you to do. I, I just can't think of a worse scenario for uh, leadership. And, uh, and for, for I, don't know, I don't even know how to describe, for, for modern leaders, for this next generation of leaders, um, we have to have people um, that are willing to change and adapt the vision um, to the shared vision and the shared input of, of the team members. Um, and what it does is it, it, you have to have a specific leader who's willing to, to submit to that, but you also have to have a team of people that actually bring things to the table. And are willing and are willing to say, hey, look, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Here's what I've already done. And here's how I think it can tie into what we're doing. And here's how I think it can help move us towards the goal, towards the finish line, uh, towards this objective. Um, and Mike is that guy. Mike is a learner. Um, and he he's an incredible team player. And there, right now we're, we're like a team of two, but you know, he um he resigned from his uh, church job, but is now going to be the the business and development director for um, for a uh, a men's organization, Christian men's organization, which is national. And uh, so I know that he's he's going to have great success there um, because he does all these things, but he's he's a uh, he's willing to learn and to connect. Um, that's a, kind of the next thing. Um, that I see in Mike, I have major trust issues, um, have, have always had, and, uh, you know, I can blame it on a whole bunch of different things, but it's on me. Um, and it's been really refreshing to have somebody like Mike that I can say, you know, it doesn't really matter what he does or, um, I still trust him. I still trust his heart. I trust, um, I trust his mechanics. I trust that when he makes a mistake, 
that he's going to own up to it. Uh, his humility is through the roof. And that's not something I see in, in leaders today. Uh, I, I mean, holy cow, we've just, we've just lived through a war between the left and right, um, culminating, you know, in tomorrow's inauguration and, um, and on both sides and complete lack of humility. Um, yeah, so that's, that wasn't even a point I was trying to make, but, um, but this idea that Mike is a connector, uh, he, he values relationships and he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't value relationships for what he can get out of them. Uh, he really wants people to be bettered and for their situations to be bettered. And so he's, he's able to see a little bit of the bigger picture and say, you know, I really see how this person meeting this person can help, uh, both, both of them. Um, and I, and I just value that about him. I've, I've checked out of a lot of my connection pieces um, because it's emotionally tiring for me. I love, I hate people. I mean, I hate people. I think as, as a herd, we are just a group of big, dumb animals that think horribly. I love persons. I think God made people beautiful. Um, but because of my past and my history, I don't trust people. Um, I distrust them right off the bat. And, um, and Mike, Mike's pretty much the opposite of that. I think Mike, uh, Mike sees the best off the bat. He expects the best. And, it, and so he, he's uh, faster to connect with people, um, which I think is necessary. You know, so I need to learn from that and get over my, my stuff. Um, and the last point I want to say about Mike Hatch is he's faithful. He is faithful to the cause. Um, yeah, I don't have to worry about what we're doing and the value we're creating because um, regardless, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, he is going to continue to build value and to share it. Um, he's going to continue to execute. He's going to serve his family. He's going to serve his community. Uh, he's going to be an example. And we're all going to be able to watch it. We're all going to be able to hear um, about it. And uh, so I'm excited about the work um and that it's going to continue regardless of you know how i'm involved I, you know um i think he's committed to to getting people unstuck um you know we've we use that phrase a, a lot at the beginning of all of our episodes but it's a real thing because it's a real feeling um and we're tired of people feeling lonely we want to give um opportunities and, and even advantages to people who are just tired. We know what it feels like. Um, the last, uh, the last person on my list, um, and this is an easy one, you know, so it seems like low hanging fruit. I didn't have to, to think too hard on this, but I saved her for last is my wife, my, my precious wife. Um, she, gosh, we've been through a lot. Um, we've been through a lot. Our, um, our, through our dating life and our, in our engagement and, and our marriage, um, our marriage has never been hard. Um, my relationship prior, um, to meeting my wife was hard. We worked on the relationship more than we actually had a relationship. I mean, it was just work. Um, it hasn't been hard in our, in our marriage. She is just, um, an incredible, beautiful person. Um, the greatest encourager I've ever had in my life. Um, 
And she is the one who reminds me that I can do it. She reminds me of who I am, the skills that I have. Um, but she, more than that, she reminds me that God is faithful, that God has a plan for me, um, that God has put me in certain places um, to be a part of seeing those things be redeemed. And I uh, can't tell you uh, how valuable uh, that is. She really is the, the you can do this person. She is the cheerleader. Uh, she's my sounding board. Uh, one of the most valuable things she does for me is, you know, if I'm moping or kind of thinking, she's like, what's going on? I, I see the wheels turning. And, and I will tell five different stories at the same time, all that are, you know, running into each other in my head. And, uh, and some of the words don't even make sense. Um, but she sits and she listens and, and, uh, and she helps me talk it out um, until I can actually find time uh, to take a breath and go to my, go to my notebook and start writing. And, you know, when I get things out of my head into paper, the monster comes out of it and it's not a big thing anymore. It's just a bunch of small things. And, uh, she really helps me figure out what the next best thing, uh, will be. And, um, and she allows me to serve her. Um, this past year in particular has been, pretty hard on us. We both lost our jobs, mine to COVID, hers to uh, caring for our daughter who's been sick and in and out of the hospital. Um, you know, we, I don't even, I stopped counting it. Like we had quarter million dollars in, in medical expenses and our out of pocket is basically one of our salaries. Um, it has been a, a challenging year uh, to say the least, but in, in the, in the midst of that, she has been, um, she has been challenged, which is the first time I've seen her doubt, first time I've seen her struggle. But uh, she's, she's allowed me to, you know, to kind of encourage her. You know, she's the encourager. You know, I'm the cynic. She's the encourager. But she's allowed me to, um, to kind of to be that um, for her. And she's done that for me. We've sat in the hospital room in the dark um, watching our daughter writhe in pain and it's and it was brutal um and it's the first time i've watched her ever question god's hand um but it, her strength is incredible absolutely incredible um and i haven't been the encourager to her because that's who i am naturally it's i've been able to do that um because it's what she has modeled to me I literally am just mimicking what she has done for me um, for the past decade. And, and so I have her to thank for that. Um, she's been my rock and, you know, we are, we're on a new adventure. You know, I, I lost every bit of real estate that I owned um, in 2009 and 10, you know, a little bit after the, the market um, reset, recycling crash, whatever you want to call it. And uh, when we got married, we were 105,000 in debt. She had 53,000 in school loans. She went to two private schools to be a social worker. Um, I had 52,000 in debt from losing all this real estate and, uh, and living on credit cards. And, and we knocked out almost all of it in four years. Um, she is, you talk about a team member. She is a team player. I mean, I, to, even today, I have to tell her to go buy stuff. 
because um, there was a point where the debt was crushing us and crushing me. And I said, I said, baby, I need you to hate this debt as much as I do because this is killing me. And uh, and so it's kind of funny. She changed her habits. She changed her what she valued and. Um, and even to this day, I'm like, you, you can't wear that out anymore. You have to go buy new clothes. I have to make her spend money. Um, yeah, just, just, it's just kind of funny how, um, how that has worked out. And, uh, she, my goodness, she has, she has, uh, there's just not enough words to describe how she has grown and how she has pushed me. Um, and this is a person who can run way, way faster than me, but, uh, constantly just waits for me. Um, but still, you know, allows me to be, um, to be her partner and, and gives me dignity. Uh, there's never been any shame. There's never been any shame with my failures and, I, there's, and there's been a lot of failures, trust me. Um, but she never, she never doles that out. That's not the medicine that she tries to give me or correct me with. So I'm just so grateful for that. But um, I just want to wrap this up and, uh, you know, and wish you all the best in 2021. Um, this is going to be, you know, I, I said, I, I said that, uh, you know, if 2020 was a redheaded stepchild, 2021 is going to be the drunk uncle. Um, this year is not going to make sense. You know, we've got a market that's going um, north for no good reason outside of fraud. Um, we've got people who are buying into the idea of, of uh, not saving, but putting money back into the market. Um, yeah. Planning on spending their stimulus checks. I mean, you, you just name it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of narratives out there that um, are unhealthy. Um, and so I think we're going to get caught up in it. And I think it, as an American people, let alone the politics and um we've let the oligarchs we've let the wolves into the hen house and now they're here to stay um and i think that's a problem i think it's a huge problem the power is not in the people's hands anymore um and i'll save you that whole um diatribe but um i really wish you all the best and we are here for you we we want to interact with you we want to help as best we can we have great people who can help, um, financial advisors, um, some, some folks that are, can help you learn yourself, some Enneagram uh, counselors and consultants. I mean, we've got a, a great list of trusted people that um, we'd love to introduce you to. Again, thank you for listening. Um, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna get through this year together. We pray that we could en encourage you. Um, we pray that we could even pray over you at some point, if that's something you'd be up for, uh, whatever your faith um, background or non-faith background, um, you're valuable to us. Your input is valuable to us. Your life is. Um, thanks again for listening and uh, see you guys soon. Friends, thank you for listening in. You have been listening to Blue Collar Money with P.W. Gopal and Mike Hatch. If you would like to reach out to P.W. directly, you can reach him through his website at pwgopal.com or you can reach out to Mike Hatch at empoweredmanhood.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming contents. 
Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you soon.